Welcome to the Digital Week, where we aim to make sense of the new economy in under 15 minutes a week. Thanks for listening. It's brought to you by the PwC Chair in the Digital Economy. You'll find us at www.chairdigitaleconomy.com or follow us on Twitter at chairdigeconomy. Also, we're open to really receiving your feedback. I'm Monica Bradley. See you in the Digital Week. Today on the Digital Week, we're examining high growth firms and their importance to the transformation of our economies. And I'm here today with Rowena Barrett, the head of the management school at QUT. Hello, Monica. Morning, Rowena. And you're, of course, a vital member of the PwC Chair in the Digital Economy, and you've co-funded so that we look at not only technology, but the business model and aspects of that. And So I think the high growth firms is a particularly um, pertinent and important piece of research you've just undertaken. Absolutely. High growth firms make a huge difference in the economy and to be a high growth firm you've got to be growing at a turnover of above 20% over three years. So 20% per annum you grow your turnover each year for three years. For at least three years. Mm. It's rare that firms do this and firms might only do this once in their lifetime. Um, so understanding what these high growth firms look like how they behave, how technology impacts on that growth is really quite important if we can sustain them. And why are high growth firms particularly, as opposed to small business or tech firms or other varieties of how we describe firms, why are they particularly important to our new economy? Well, they're important because they're likely to, well, they grow fast, they employ, they buy services, they make a difference in the community that they sit in. So high growth firms, if you like, are really the, the grunt of the end and grinders too. If we get one or two of those, that that really is a much bigger um, impact on an economy than smaller growth firms. Yeah, that's right. So they're so they're they're growing away, but they're sitting within a whole bunch of other firms who may just be business as usual. All firms are needed in an economy, but those high growth firms start pulling everyone else up. Mm, awesome. Uh, so why did you choose to study them? Is there not enough literature on this particular phenomenon at the present time? There is more than enough literature. On high growth firms and trying to determine what are the characteristics of high growth firms is incredibly difficult because we can find a study that will show many things are important around high growth firms. We're particularly interested in technology and how these firms use technology to drive value in their business. So tell us a little bit about the was it a large survey? How did you conduct the research? Well, there are no lists that are publicly available of all high-growth firms in any economy. Um, they're rare, so they have to be dug out, if you like. So we used a whole range of different um, lists and uh, databases to sort through to try to find as many high-growth firms as we could in Queensland. We found about 50 and we got in touch with them and then we did some... Uh, a range of interviews with these firms. Mm. So there was quite a qualitative sit-down, yep. in-depth study, uh, identifying... Char- yep. And we were able to then consolidate from that work some some characteristics that we can repeat or help uh, grow yep. in the economy? So what we did was talk to the owners and managers, and these were firms not just in Brisbane, they're down on the Gold Coast, they were up north, they were all around the bound. So that's good, so there's a good yep. spread. So yep. first of all, there's no determinant around uh, geography. No, they don't have to be in the CBD. That's no, good news. That's good exactly news. right. Um, we, and there are also firms that some, some were service sector firms and some are manufacturing firms. So Rowena, tell us a bit about the characteristics that you discovered in the research. 
Okay, so we, as I say, we were looking at how do they use technology. And the first thing that we did was map every business uh, using the business model canvas. So we know that the business model canvas has got nine parts to it where we look at what's the value they provide to customers, the relationships, the channels, who their customers mm -hmm. are, the key activities, key resources and partners to deliver, and then the costs and the revenue in mm -hmm. the business. So we use that map to identify all the parts of the business. And then we could say, well, where does technology play a role in this visit? in this business? Is it around the channels that they use to communicate with their customers? Is it how they is it around the resources that they have? Do they mm -hmm. have a particular piece of IP that is technological or a platform that they use in their business? Um, do they, you know, drive their revenue through through um, the use of technology, or do they actually make a piece of technology? And some of them did make pieces of technology. Mm, awesome. Okay. Um, and what we what we did then is say there are different places that technologies operate within firms, but the characteristics of these high growth firms we looked at in terms of well, what is the things that make them tick you know what do they do I noticed that you've got a lovely drawing almost of a person here and you seem to have categorized things which I think is quite cool I always like analogies into kind of three parts of the body there's there's really if you like the thinking there's the torso which is the operations and then there's kind of the foundation which is kind of the feet so maybe just tell us a little bit about you know what are really the mindsets of these organizations so for these firms, what's in their mind is around the diversity of technology that they can use so that they can pick up a piece of technology off the shelf and it helps them communicate with their customers. And they might, you know, another business might use similar but different technologies, but it's the bit of technology that suits their firm. Mm -hmm. They have very agile cultures in their organisation. So you are open and receptive to change. You're open and receptive to thinking about doing things differently. And that means that your eyes are lifted above the business, that you're looking out mm. and seeing what others do because the key characteristic of a high-growth firm is its customer centricity. Oh, okay. It focuses on the customer need and delivers time and time and time again. That fits that with the research we know Professor Kowakowicz has been doing at the chair about we're moving from the economy of corporations to the economy of people and the new economy is really centred around humans. So yeah. I guess that fits. So these high growth firms validates that with the customer at the centre is definitely a distinguishing characteristic. Absolutely it is. Yeah. And if you understand your customer, you'll understand how you need to communicate with them. So some of the most, um, some of the firms that created truly high-tech products, they still communicated with their customer using shoe leather and word of mouth. Mm -hmm. You know, their websites were pretty ordinary, but they could still communicate and sell and engage their customer and deliver what they needed. Mm, awesome. And then if we look at um, the mid-tier, the, the mid -tier, what, what were you seeing inside the firms and sort of capabilities or how were they operating? Well, that comes to how they use that technology. And um, as we know, a piece of technology in a business 
might give you some advantage, but it probably isn't going to give you any long-term sustained competitive advantage. It's how you embed that in your business, so how you use it. So these firms were taking that different forms of technology and using them creatively and building people's capabilities around that technology. Mm. So as I said, you know, they could be using Facebook. Many firms use Facebook to communicate with their with their customers, but it's how you use Facebook, how you get others within the business to acknowledge the use of Facebook, how you how you engage. You know, just having a Facebook site, and we know many firms have a Facebook site, doesn't do anything in particular, but mm. it's how you use it that actually makes a difference. Mm. So the so technology um, was an enabler, but it was really that they were deploying it in highly creative ways um, that were really about adding value to the customer. So again, going Absolutely. back to this mindset of the customer is at the centre, so not technology for technology's sake, but more around supporting customer value. Absolutely. Yeah. So that you use your technology so that you can answer questions for your customer or you can deliver other forms of value for the mm. customer but yes you're right it's not just I think this is really exciting and we need to have it in the business it's like why do we need to have it what is it going to do for the customer so were you seeing examples then if we think about some of Professor Roseman's work about above and below the line innovation um, so we see a lot of industrial age firms as they transform try and become efficient and effective and use innovation to do that but it doesn't necessarily protect them in the future it just makes them their cost operating base lower um, and we're seeing more on the upside where they're surprising and delighting customers using technology creatively was this a common trait in the cohort that you researched um it was probably a little bit different across the cohort some were were better at it than others mm-hmm. some some were doing things quite differently others were you know you could look at them and say I recognise this business. It's a highly traditional business. But then you dig below the surface and you think, oh, no, there's something in here that Mm. is making a difference about how they communicate and deal with their customers. So, Sarah, importantly then, if I'm a city or I'm a state, we want to attract these high-growth firms, right, because they create the prosperity and the economic and social engines that are important to our economy. So what could, you know, what's the environment that these firms are attracted to in terms of operating? You said they were quite diverse in terms of geography, but if we wanted to actually then put that offering and create an environment that could grow more, um, how might a city or a state do that? What are those characteristics? Okay, so Monica, if we go back to the head, the body, and then the feet, if you like, we're talking now about, well, what is the ground that these mm. firms need to stand on? Well, first of all, we need to enable them to use technology and, you know, Things like the MBN will actually help okay. if, yeah. you know, the MBN is part of what should be in the air. You know, we shouldn't have to think about it. We should be able to switch on and communicate in high-tech ways easily without having to think about it. Many of these firms had to think about it and they had to invest in order to communicate with their offices outside Brisbane, outside Queensland. So I guess rather than waiting for things like technology to come to them, there was a proactivity Absolutely about how they was. would set out and yeah. as a city or a, or a firm find a location that had, yeah. that gave them the capacity in terms of connectivity that yeah. would support their business model. Yep, so they so they just need that base infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Just as, you know, we need roads and electricity, mm-hmm. we also need the ability yep. to communicate in high, with high-speed. Tick. So we need... We need that infrastructure. We also need to provide um, incentives for these firms. Oh, that's so interesting. So incentives potentially around how to grow their markets 
outside. And in fact, the firms that we spoke to, by and large, they were all looking at markets and operating in markets outside Queensland Mm -hmm. and for all but two, outside Australia. So they were national and international um, um, companies, right? Absolutely. So mm-hmm. continuing to provide that support, you know, the nuances of operating in different markets can, can trip people up. So helping firms engage in new markets is quite So important. helping with export development yeah. or internationalisation. Okay. Or even just um, putting people together so that they can hear, well, how does someone else do this? Oh, and that, okay. So that building confidence of firms is really quite important. You know, sitting people together in a room to say, I did this. This is how I did this. These were the stumbling blocks I met. Here are the ways I worked my way around them. What can you do? So you're almost talking about another huge trend we follow, which is peer-to-peer learning, really. Um, So that often the city or the state could be the facilitator of a peer-to-peer growth experience, a matchmaker to foreign markets because we've got resources um, internationally in those places. Okay. And, of course, then a facilitator of creating the operating um, infrastructure that they need, which appears to be um, technology. Tell us a little bit about talent. How do these firms find talent, use talent? Because clearly with this mindset and with the creativity of of technology and being geographically diverse, there must be a talent element in here. Yes, there is. Um, And depending on the type of firm they they were, some of them were working with uh, universities around the state um, and using people within universities to help them build their research and development capability. Oh, that's good. Um, Others were sourcing talent from international locations, bringing in the expertise where they had seen things differently to what we might have seen in Australia. Um, And then others were using, I suppose, the skills that they developed over their experience. Okay. And I guess because they've got this mindset, which is around agility and a culture of innovating and and finding things, there there would be an uplifting capability led by that culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. They're great characteristics. And I'm surprised at the amount of, you know, given I've read a lot of literature where everyone says, well, there's really no distinguishing features or there is too many to to identify. It's good to see that we've been able to come out with sort of three clear areas that people can now kind of aspire to or or put investment into to help at least facilitate the environment for high growth firms. So what we would very clearly say is that technology makes a difference, but it's not going to make the difference. Mm -hmm. The difference is the focus on the customer and delivering that surprise, delight and value to the customer each and every time they interact with the firm. Which we love. Rowena Barrett, thank you so much for your time today at the PwC Chair in the Digital Economy and sharing with us the characteristics of high-growth firms. Thank you, Monica. Monica.